Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Hi, and welcome to the 282nd episode of the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. I'm Kyle Barton of K. Barton Tools, and I'm here with my co-host, Diami Plotke of the Penultimate Woodshop. Tonight, Wilbur Penn is actually telling us the five things you should know. So, Wilbur, what's the first thing we should know? Should we explain why we're doing this? Because you've answered the five questions at least half a dozen times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, 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 the other, no, or, or the other thing. Or the other thing. No, but why are you telling us these things? What? Okay. So, so, um, uh, so I know um, at one point uh, I was, was listening to the Fine Woodworking um, Shop Talk Live. Wait, wait. Uh, Fine Woodworking has a podcast. They do. Yeah. They? Yeah, you, yeah. You didn't know that? Oh man, I hadn't heard about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it, it's not bad. Yeah. That must be like the second or third most listened to podcast. <laughs> woodworking. <laughs> So, as um, long as we we're always going to be like two weeks older than it, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so at one point I heard them do like ask asking uh, guests uh, the five questions, or maybe it was the eight questions. I forget. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's but, five or eight, something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but they but they clearly you know got inspiration from from you guys. Um, so I thought I'd. Re, you know, help return the favor by um, riffing off of uh, uh, their suggestions, the things that you should know. So, mm-hmm. um, so instead of, uh, and since I've already answered the five questions, I think at one point that you had like questions six to 10 that I also we answered. You do have five more questions, which we yeah. rarely pull out, but I believe you have answered them. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. so I decided to just go with five things um, you should know. So, all right. Well, tell us right. what we should know. All right. So, thing number one, um, there are more similarities than differences between Japanese and Western tools. Which, if anyone's been reading the stuff I've uh, written, is probably not a surprise uh, to hear me saying that. But I think I always think it's worth uh, repeating because I think um, as woodworkers, we tend to talk about something and and then see two people doing that thing different ways and then all of a sudden the focus is on how are they different and which one is better than the other and so on. Mm. And I think that's not maybe not always the most useful way of going about looking at things. And uh, uh, you can probably learn uh, a lot, if not more, from things by looking for similarities. Um, so uh, uh, so, so that, that's, uh, that's actually you know, where I started from in trying to understand Japanese um, uh, tools is instead of looking for differences, started looking for uh, similarities. And uh, especially with um, the events of uh, the past few years, it's probably a good thing to keep in mind that uh, things are often more similar than, than different. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll even, you know, uh, I know Chris Schwartz has done a, a whole lexicon into workbenches, but he's gotten to the Roman workbenches, which are really low, which mm-hmm. kind of mirrors some of the Asian style and maybe not so much Japanese, but at least some of the Asian style woodworking too, with doing that on low benches. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, yeah. just I think it just goes to show you that anybody can work on a workbench of that height. Uh, you may not want to for whatever reason, but it is certainly possible. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So number two, um, if you're thinking about getting into Japanese tools, I think that everyone can use a Japanese chisel, unless you want to spend more time sharpening. Ah. <laughs> uh, do tell do tell yeah, yeah. so so basically um uh that's usually where i uh, start off with with japanese tools because everyone understands what a chisel is and even though there are mm. again some differences between a japanese chisel and a western uh, chisel it's very easy to see how they're uh, similar so on the handle you have a hoop and there's certainly hooped chisels in the Western woodworking tradition. But the interesting thing is that where the handle connects with the body of the chisel, it's actually a tang. Um, and um, uh, there's actually a tang and a ferrule. Mm -hmm. uh, most oh. Western chisels have either one or the other. And the Japanese put the two together because uh, the nice thing about a tang is that it keeps the construction relatively lightweight. But the problem is, is that if you um, start hammering the chisel, the tang can uh, split the handle. Um, so that's what, the reason for having a ferrule. Um, but the problem with the ferrule is that usually the in the Western world, the, the handle is shaped in such a way that it's conical and it fits into the ferrule and it's basically a friction fit that holds it into uh, place, which uh, it, it actually works quite well if it's well fit, uh, but it's something you have to maintain. So it, by combining right. the two, um, the, uh, the, the uh, Japanese chisel sort of, uh, you know, cover both worlds. Um, the... Uh, now that's it. That's interesting because I think um, um, Veritas and their PVM eleven chisels they kind of did that same thing where they both have a tang and a ferrule. If I believe I'm correct, ah. yeah. Let me look that up. You know, that's another Veritas tool I have that I've not taken. I'm not taking <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> They're in my nice, my nice uh, chisel roll. No, they're in their boxes in the same cabinet I keep the chisel roll in. Is actually where they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think the the new Veritas chisel, well, new. I think they've been out for a few couple three years, but yeah, I think they actually do have a tang and a ferrule. Yeah, you're right. I yeah. didn't know that. I knew that there was a ferrule because you can see that. Yeah, there was a tang. Okay, learn something new every day. Hey, hey, and they're made of glue and sawdust. <laughs> so uh, yes they are yes, yeah. yes. that's why they're using to sharpen right. but um yeah but, but anyway with the japanese chisels it, you, uh, i mean you don't have to learn how to use a japanese chisel you just pick it up and start uh using it the main difference between japanese chisels and western chisels i found is that um if you have a japanese chisel that's typically used for one task the western equivalent is usually longer so a japanese bench chisel is shorter than a japanese uh, than a western bench chisel mm -hmm. and a japanese mortise chisel chisel is shorter than a, a western mortise chisel and the same goes for pairing chisels um i happen to like the shorter length because i think it makes it more nimble and easier to handle a maneuver than a longer uh, chisel but i understand if you're used to a longer chisel then you may not be used to using a uh, a shorter chisel uh to which there are two options one if you use if if you use a japanese chisel steadily for more than a few days uh, uh, uh just a few days um you'll get used to it quite quickly and the second thing is they do make longer japanese chisels that are closer in length to a typical western bench chisel 
Um, but other than that, I, you know, I think the learning curve to using a Japanese chisel is, is really non-existent. Um, the, the, well, the next thing about I want to stop you there because that's sure. an interesting thing because I do have a long pairing chisel and uh, I can count on uh, maybe I probably had it like seven or eight years and I probably used it seven or eight times. Mm-hmm. Because I just find it far more quicker to use my standard bench chisel. It's not a Japanese chisel, but my standard bench chisel to uh, do those pairing activities rather than, you know, because uh, it's already in my hands, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, but before so, you move on, can I ask a question about sharpening a Japanese chisel? Mm-hmm. Um, I know I will, well, I will freely admit that I am not the best sharpener of the three of us and probably of many woodworkers. But I know that the trick to sharpening, sharpening at least Western tools is to pick any style, but pick a style and get good at it because ultimately they will all get you a sharp edge. Yeah. Is the same true of Japanese chisels or because of the way they're made, are certain sharpening methods better than others with them? Or is it just, uh, is there one that's more orthodox for a Japanese chisel? Where does, where does it fall on the spectrum of ways to sharpen? Yeah. So, so basically, um, the one thing you have to think about if you're looking about getting into a sharpening method and you have Japanese uh, chisels is that the steel and Japanese chisels, the hard part of the uh, of the chisel, the cutting edge, is harder than um, your typical Western chisel, which means that it's also going to be um, uh, somewhat harder to sharpen. Um, there, there are there are actually properties of the steel that make it easier to sharpen, even though it's very hard. But um, uh, but uh, I don't want to get too far into the weeds. But in in in, in a nutshell, um, water stones work really well with Japanese chisels because water stones um, uh, are mu- are more aggressive than the other ver- things of um, uh, methods of sharpening. So if you uh, so the three methods that most people use are oil stones and finishing off on a leather strop. Um, the second would be water stones, and the third would be diamond um, uh, plates. Um, water stones are faster than uh, than oil stones, um, especially. If you uh, if you're going to be using a harder steel like mm-hmm. uh, Japanese mm. chisels are, um, diamond plates um, I found start off very aggressive and then they slow down um, to the point where there's not much of an advantage of a diamond plate over a water stone. Um, and the other thing is that the diamond plates they give me this fingernails on the blackboard oh, okay. yeah. feeling that uh, you'd rather just, have a dull chisel. I, 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 <laughs> Yeah, so, yes. so I, 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 I like water stones for Japanese chisels, and, and it's quite easy to uh, use. People worry about, like, you know, corralling the water and keeping the water stone flat, but it's really not that – it really isn't that hard. I figure if I can figure it out, anybody can figure it out. Thank you. So, yeah. Okay. So, um, so yeah, everyone should get a Japanese chisel. Uh, okay. They're, they're, they're awesome. Um, and and, and it's true they will hold an edge for a very long time uh, um, you know I haven't done a head-to-head comparison against everything but I've tried a2 chisels and I and I've and I have a pair of mar- a set of marples that I got when I first got into woodworking and everyone has that set yeah, absolutely yeah <laughs> mine are actually out of the box even oh that's good that's good fantastic yeah. Yeah, but the Japanese chisels really do hold an edge longer than than, than other you know, any other chisel that it, that I've ever used for sure. So, okay, so 
think we're on our third thing. Third thing. Okay. Blogs are awesome. And I know <laughs> that I, I know that everyone's on YouTube and Instagram uh, these days, but I'm going to make, uh, you know, this argument for, for, for blogs. Um, so number one, there's something about a blog that doesn't, um, it, it doesn't um, make me feel the same requirement or urgency to put out stuff on a constant basis the same way that YouTube or Instagram seems to do mm -hmm. <clears throat> or Facebook for, uh, uh, for that matter. Um, and, and that's been good for me, especially with the last year that I've had where my woodworking time and, and, uh, and, uh, as a consequence, my, uh, time to write for my blog, um, has really become constricted. Uh, but it seems like if I just pop back, if I find some time to write something and I put it on my blog, even if it's been months since my last post, the blog just seems to keep, uh, to, to keep going. So that's one advantage that I see uh, of blogs over um, video videos and uh, social media. Um, the second thing is that um, if anyone has looked at my blog, you'll see that I actually do a lot of uh, a variety of posts. Like sometimes you do. it has a. It, yes, I think it, it neatly sums up your personality. Ah. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. I love heavy metal Asian. Um, Children. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I wish I could have done that when I was their age. Oh, man. Some we're of we're really off incredible. in the weeds again. Yeah, yeah. And I've told Kyle about this, but I, I don't know if I've told you, uh, Wilbur. Yeah. I was at a 100th anniversary camporee for the Boy Scouts last spring. Mm -hmm. And they had a youth band come to play. And um, that's what they closed their set with. Ah. It was phenomenal. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I, I don't yeah, mean to detract from any rocking youth of any um, ethnic group. Yeah. Well, no, they're they're fantastic out there. But some of the stuff Wilbur posts is just like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So with a blog, you can put up, you know, a, a, a video if you want. Um, you can put up a post that's mainly text with some pictures. You can put up a single picture with a caption, much like mm -hmm. uh, much like Instagram. Um, uh, on my blog, I can actually I have the ability to embed audio as well, um, so, uh, and of course links to other uh, other things. And uh, they actually have a special format if you just want to put up a little you know record of a of a conversation, a chat with with, with someone else. That uh, I've actually done that with Diami. Um, before so um, uh, and and because of that you know with Instagram you sort of have to do the picture with a caption thing because there's it's not really good for anything uh, uh, anything else I suppose you can do like a, a video and a caption but it's still the same uh, same idea if I wanted to write um, you know, say a longer article on uh, say uh, you know start uh, what Japanese tools do you need to start up uh, with, um, I, I would think that'd be very hard to do that on Instagram, uh, uh -huh. because of the format that they, uh, that they have. Um, and I can link to things with abandon on my blog, which you can't do on Instagram. I understand. Yes, so, that's true. Yeah. 
Um, I do use Instagram for one thing, and that's if I go to something where I know I'm going to be taking a lot of photos, like, say, Fine Woodworking Live or Kezro Kai or Woodworking in America back in the day. Because, And the only reason I do that is because I know that if I go through Instagram to post something, I can cross-post to Facebook and my blog at the same time. But I can't do it, you know, any other in, in, in any other way. So, uh, um but but uh, like I said, I think blogs give you a lot of freedom in terms of how you want to you know, want, want to communicate. You know, and the other advantage of the blog is is that it's yeah. yours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's exactly where I was going with that because um, you know if I wanted to go to if I had posted up a whole bunch of uh, woodworking stuff on Instagram, I don't know how I could get it all back. Um, no, you can't. It's theirs. Yeah. yeah, right. And that's a lot of time that people yeah. put into this and it doesn't belong to you anymore. Whereas, you know, with my blog, I can uh, I, I know I can just sweep it and and download all the content if um, if I need to. Um, and I don't know if um, you all know this, but I actually use Tumblr as my as the uh, as the, the, the back end for my. I knew. For my mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it's great. I, you know, I, uh, I, I think Tumblr is awesome. So, so blogs, baby <laughs> blogs. Yeah. And if you want to write one, go to Tumblr. All right. Cool. Cool. Okay. So fourth, fourth up. thing. Okay. Fourth thing you should know. I've been mistaken for William Ng. <laughs> oh, no. You, you, no, no. You're, you're kidding me. You're kidding me. No. Two years in a row. At Fine Woodworking Live. Yes, you have. <laughs> was it the same person? And I was there for same at least person. two I, of those occasions. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was the same person. No, it was not the same person, but it was just okay. like, yeah. yes, we have an Asian guy. He's into yeah. woodworking. He's William Ming. Yeah. <laughs> so should I, should I tell the story? Yeah, sure. Yes, yes. yes. All right. So, so, so two years ago at Fine Woodworking Live, we're hanging out and I'm talking, we're talking to people out in the, in, in in the vendor area. And I, and I I remember I was over at the, um, Lee Valley, uh, Valley thing Mm -hmm. and place. And, and this guy comes up to me and says, look, I I just want to tell you, I really like the videos that you do. I've learned so much from them. I said, oh, okay. Thanks a lot. And then he, and he said, yeah, so thank you for that. And he walks off. And I thought that was a little bit weird because I certainly have put a lot of you know stuff out there, but video isn't really my thing. And I've made a couple, but it's not like uh, I, I would have expected someone to compliment me on my, on my videos. Right. But I just took it as a compliment and said that was great. And then the next day, the guy comes up to me and says, um, I, I, I just want to tell you again. You know, I think you're a really great teacher. They should have you give a talk here at Fine Woodworking Live. And I said, oh, thank you. Why don't you, you know, go tell the Fine Woodworking people uh, that I'd, uh, I'd appreciate that. And, and he said, yeah, I, I will. And I want to tell you again, I really like your videos. And I said, oh, okay, thank you. And then he said, and I really like the video that you made about making a precision crosscut sled for my table saw. And I said, "That's not me." Me. <laughs> I looked at him, and then he just sort of walked off. And I thought that was really weird. And it took me about thirty minutes, and all of a sudden, I realized, "Oh my god, that guy thought I was William Ming." <laughs> I love that he just walked off. <laughs> yeah. So, so then, okay, so that was two years ago. So then, yeah. last year, I'm at Woodworking in America uh, at Fine Woodworking Live, 
and I'm walking through the hallway and I run into Chris Schwartz and, and I said, hi. And we were catching up a little bit. And, and, and oh, of course, at that point, you had the name tag that says, I am not William Mean. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm talking with him and he says, oh, uh, and, and somehow I got on the story of, um, yeah. uh, uh, of what happened to me last year. He thought it was hilarious. And so I said, OK, well, I'll, I'll see you later. And, and then went downstairs and that was the time where they were giving out the uh, drinks on on Friday night, I think. And I turned around and some guy comes up to me and says, hey, I just want to tell you, I really like your videos. <laughs> and I said, which video are you talking about? And he said, the one about the crosscut sled. Of course. And I said, no, that's not me. And the guy looked puzzled and walked off again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes. Okay. So, so, uh, so, yeah, so, so that's the fourth thing you should know. You're not William Ng. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think yeah. William Ng has the same problem with getting confused for Wilbur Pan? I, I, I yeah. you're the Japanese tool guy. I, I, well, he does know how to use Japanese tools, including Japanese planes, although that's not like the main thing that he does. But I, I will also say if, you know, me being with mistaken for William Ng is way better for me than William Ng being mistaken for me for him. You know? Well, he's, an, he's, I was going to say, I don't think he's a doctor, but he's highly trained in something, right? He's an engineer. I think he's an engineer. Yeah. 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 yeah and, uh, could he be at that event that you're going to be at? Um, I don't think so. He's down in um, Anaheim uh, mm-hmm. or, or at least the LA area for sure. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't, um, uh, yeah, you're you're in Northern um, California for that. Yeah, yeah, and and I haven't seen that he's gone to these things um, in in the past. So, um, well, that could be a question. Has anyone ever seen William Hing and <laughs> Wilbur Pan together? I think not. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, I'm sorry that I'm not going to be able to make fine woodworking live this year just to see if I can hit the trifecta. But no, well. you got to do what you got to do. I understand. Yeah. Yes, yes. If we if we had a headshot of you, we would carry it around with us. You know? <laughs> we should just have badges and say William I'm not Wilbur Pan. Underneath of it, yeah. <laughs> It'd be anyway, cool. so what's the fifth thing we should know about? Okay, so so the fifth thing you should know is that New Jersey is the better side of the Hudson. Oh, so, get no, yeah. <laughs> good night. <laughs> and, 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 and I have I have an example that will basically illustrate everything about the relationship that New Yorkers have in relation to New Jersey. So I have a lot of friends that grew up in New York, um, so do I. either, either Manhattan or Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn. And they've since moved to uh, central New Jersey, which is the best part of New Jersey. You know, central Jersey is awesome. So, um, uh, and one of the things that we always talk about is food. These are all friends of ours from Chinese school. And one of the things that they always keep saying is that, oh, you know, what are you going to do this weekend? Oh, we're going to go to into uh, New York to get dim sum. And I said, why are you going to, into New York to get dim sum? It's a long drive. And, and they say, well, it, it's cheaper there. So I've learned two things since having this conversation. Number one, I don't care how cheap the dim sum is. It's not going to be cheap enough that you're going to um, save enough money for it to be worth the tolls that you're going to pay driving from New Jersey into New York. 
And and my friends seem to not comprehend that uh, that idea at all, even though many of them are in the finance field. So so, I, so cheap and the second New York thing, expats can't do the math to understand that it doesn't make financial sense to go back to New York for cheap dim sum. I don't see how that gives you any points towards the wrong side of the Hudson being the best side of the Hudson. Because because you don't see New Jersey people making the same mistake. So that's number one. Number two, I have gone into um, Manhattan Chinatown and Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn's Chinatown area to have dim sum. And speaking as an outsider, because remember, I'm a Chicagoan, I have not seen any dim sum in New York being so much better than the dim sum places I know in New Jersey that it's worth the trip to just eat dim sum. Now, there may be other reasons to go into New York, but... I've heard there are some other reasons to go to New York. Yeah. So... If you could see me nodding, you'd... you'd, But I think that is is an example that completely sums up everything you need to know about New Yorkers in, in, in New Jersey. All I've heard is you, you need can't to come to Houston to get some good dim sum. You can't make lefts in New Jersey, and you can't pump your own gas. If that's not sure. un-American, I don't know what is. You can sure uh, make a left in New Jersey. No, you can't. And I'll you. you have to but, make three rights. You cannot make a left in New Jersey. Really? I can make a left turn like right around my in block. On anything more than a small residential street, you guys but, put out those stupid because, medians. Just because we have the spatial intelligence to deal with the jug handle system doesn't mean that's a bad thing. <laughs> Harder isn't necessarily better. <laughs> There's some advantages to the jug handle I've, uh, I've come to learn. And the other thing about the pumping your own gas, so I grew up pumping my own gas. I've hit the part of my life where if it's really cold outside, and again, being from Chicago, I know about cold. It's really nice to have somebody else pump your gas for you. See, I, I will get gas in New Jersey, or excuse me, in Pennsylvania and New York. So I get to pump my own, and I, I just won't do it in New Jersey. <laughs> okay. So. Well, anyway. So Houston has some great dim sum, too. Yeah. But anyway. That's awesome dim sum. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because, because they have – so first of all, um, I don't know if you've heard about Ali Wong. She, she's a comedian. She's got a couple of Netflix specials. She's, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah she's, she's half Chinese, half Vietnamese. Yeah. And she did her two stand-up specials like seven months pregnant, and and she's hilarious. Yeah. But um, but but she has this line about um going uh going out to dim sum and really hating having to explain dim sum to people who are not used to dim sum. Mm-hmm. Basically, she has boiled it down to it's pork and shrimp. All right, just eat it. <laughs> just eat it. <laughs> <laughs> and. But but down in Houston, because you have access to Gulf shrimp. Yep. Oh my God, it's so good. Oh yeah, it's yeah. good. And, and yeah. you know, and I think we have the third or fourth largest Chinese uh, community here. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's, it's yeah. Yeah. So anyway, well, with that, so uh, Wilbur, where can folks find you on the interwebs? Oh, uh, so in in the internet, you can find me on giant my blog, uh, Giant Cypress. It's uh, giantcypress.net. And if you so go, blogs are still a thing, huh? Blogs are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So, so the army. What about you? You can find me in New York. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, burn! <laughs> and of course, uh, you can always find me at Barton.com. Of course, I'm in Texas too. But anyway, so. That just about wraps it up for this show. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcaster of your choice. Yeah, Wilbur, thank you for joining us and uh, sharing that bit of wisdom, even if that one point was really you just <laughs> gaslighting our listeners. Um, I'll just put it down this way. Japanese chisels, awesome. Blogs, awesome. William Ng, awesome. New Jersey, awesome. Three out of four ain't bad. <laughs> William Ying is going to be so sad to hear you say that. Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Hi, and welcome to the 282nd episode of the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. I'm Kyle Barton of K Barton Tools, and I'm here with my co-host Diami Plotki of the Penultimate Woodshop. And start over again. Sorry, <laughs> I Wilbur. knew I. Sh- it's Wilbur. my co-host. Co-host. <laughs> right.